radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. I only do it because I care. (laughs) That's a fact. Why do I talk about cryptocurrency? Because I care. I care about you. I care about what happens to your money. I know it, it, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but it's not dead. I wish it would die. Okay, it's not a horse. It's not even a currency. It's Bitcoin and Ripple and Ethereum and most ridiculous of all, probably Dogecoin. But I need to talk about it again. Because there is so much going on that should scare those of you who actually think that cryptocurrencies are an investment, should scare you to death, at least fiscal death. Let me start the story. It it began this week. My wife was suffering some AFib, so uh, we got her to the cardiologist, and we were sitting in the lobby. This was on... I can't remember what day it was this past week, but it was the day that cryptos really took a beating. And the guy in the lobby was on the phone with his friend. And apparently he he, he didn't know what he was talking about, but he was telling his friend that he needed to get into Bitcoin right now because Bitcoin was down by about $30,000. And apparently his friend on the other end of the line said, well, that's more money than I've got, you know, $30,000. Oh, no, 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 no. You can buy a little bit. And again, I think the friend was asking, well, yeah, but is it going to go up? And the guy goes, it's got to go up because it's down so far. No, 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 folks. That's not how it works. Things that have been up and go down don't always go back up again particularly when they're a thing that is as inherently problematic as Bitcoin and all of the other hundreds and hundreds of cryptocurrencies. Therein is your first clue that there's a problem. There are hundreds of cryptocurrencies. When was the last time you transacted business? In a cryptocurrency. When was the last time you know anyone who bought or sold something in cryptocurrency? Oh, you probably Oh, you you probably know about the four point four million dollars that was paid to the scammers for the colonial pipeline problem. Yeah, you know about that. But do you know anybody who's ever really bought anything with cryptocurrency? Let's add to that. And this is one of the things that caused the big decline. Sorry, my cold still lingers. I apologize for the cracking voice. China is going to tightly regulate cryptocurrencies. Who can blame them? These things are dangerous. They're going to start their own blockchain-based currency. There is now talk of the U.S. government, of the Federal Reserve, not the government, starting its own dollar-denominated blockchain currency. So for those of you who think I'm some old guy who doesn't know what I'm talking about, 
I know what I'm talking about. I understand blockchain and what it does and its value. But that does not mean that Bitcoin or Ripple or Ethereum or Litecoin or any of them have any intrinsic value because the reality is this is a fact that cannot be disputed. They have no inherent value. None. None. A lump of gold at least has some inherent value. It can be turned into something. Bitcoins can't be turned into anything. They have no inherent value. And yet people continue to tell others to buy into these things for one reason and one reason only, because they want to get rich. And there is all kinds of horrible information out there. Again, some of the worst comes from The Motley Fool. There are times when I just, I'm going, you know, you're so appropriately named, you Motley Fool guys. When you have a writer by the name of Maury Backman, whose headline, and I, I bet she didn't write the headline, but the headline, get this headline. Is Bitcoin safer for retirement than Social Security? And then she says, but Bitcoin's only been around since 2009, though more merchants are coming to accept it. Yeah. Who, Maury? Who? And then she says some ridiculous things about Social Security, like, well, they may cut benefits and Bitcoin isn't going to cut your benefits. This is a non sequitur. This is total and utter nonsense. Who publishes such drivel? Oh, yeah, The Motley Fool. And in this case, reprinted at Fox Business. I'll let that speak for itself. <sighs> You've got to stop. Really. If you're smart, you know that. If you're stupid, I don't know what to do for you. But I want you to stop buying trading in Bitcoin. Just today, Paul Krugman, who won a Nobel Prize in economics, I know he writes for the New York Times and uh, supposedly says something there too, but Bitcoin was introduced in 2009. Now, some people will say it was only introduced in 2009. In technology, 2009 was eons ago. Hardly anyone was using e-readers in 2009. The iPhone was only two years old in 2009. He makes the perfect point. Venmo, which people use all the time to buy things, was unveiled in 2009. Zoom didn't exist before 2012. And yet Bitcoin is not accepted really anywhere. We, we, made, we made light of this on a past program. Nobody takes it except, and there was another study I read recently that showed that almost twice of the transactions that take place on, for legitimate products are for illegitimate products for criminal activity. That's really where most of it is happening. 
Krugman compared it to a Ponzi scheme. And then he said, some would argue it can't be a, a Ponzi scheme because Ponzi schemes can't go on for this long. Yeah, Madoff's went on for 20 years. So, yeah. And then there's the garbage about how, and this is garbage, all of you who spout this, you're, you're obviously not the brightest bulbs in the box. The garbage about how it's like gold. That it's the currency you want to have if the economy collapses. Seriously? Think about that for just a minute. Okay, I've made the argument, people who say that about gold. I go, yeah, okay, maybe you can trade gold for stuff. You got chunks of gold. Somebody might want them. But if things get that bad, where the entire global economy is destroyed, there is no economy, there are no stock markets, there are no bond markets, there are no currencies, there's no, there's nothing but a barter system on the planet, you can't eat gold. Well, if we get to a situation where all of the economies of the world have collapsed and nobody takes dollars or yen or yuan or euros or pounds how are you going to get your bitcoin do you honestly think all the computers are going to be working and that somebody's going to want something that they can't turn back into a currency you see there's the other argument if all if everything goes to hell in a handbasket can you turn your bitcoin back into something you can use to buy stuff because you can't buy anything with Bitcoin. You can't go buy something with Bitcoin. <sighs> I have a lot more, but I just really want to get this out there. To all of you young people who think you are so blasted smart that you've discovered something amazing, you've only discovered what people discover over and over and over again a passing fad i will go on the record and will stand by it you folks are putting money in bitcoin you're probably in big trouble you folks who are putting money in dogecoin you are in big trouble because in almost every case you are relying on the greater fool than you to bid the price up. And are you sure you're not already the greatest fool? Look at what happens to the price of these things. Nobody wants a currency that fluctuates like that. Do you think I want to sell you my house for... 30 Bitcoin on the chance that when I go to buy another house with it, that 30 Bitcoin will only buy half as much because it fluctuates so much. No, I am not going to do that. I am not stupid. And yet that's what Bitcoin advocates believe. And they don't advocate the coin as much as they advocate the concept that stands behind it, the blockchain. And you'll find that almost everyone, do me a favor, the next time you read a pro-Bitcoin or a pro-crypto article, look up the author of the article. 
I'd be willing to bet they work for a firm that will or has made money from the cryptocurrency industry. Check them out. Okay. I just want you to stop. I really do. I I, I just hope you do. I'm trying to make the points. Go look up a, a ton of articles out there. Try to find somebody. If you don't think you understand it, try to understand it. And then if you think I don't understand it, and I put this request out before. If you're one of those young folks who thinks you're so blasted smart that I'm just an old fogey who doesn't get the latest and greatest thing since gold, call me at 855-935-TALK and explain it to me. Tell me what I'm not getting about it. Because I think I got it. And I think you know it. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. You can also send questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And let's take some of those, shall we? Hey, Don and Tom, I have a question about the RMD with my wife's inherited IRA. We have some gains in the account, so I'm curious, would you go ahead and take those out now, or would you just let it ride until closer to the end of the year? Uh, Appreciate your thoughts on this, and uh, appreciate the show. Hope you guys can keep it clean and not get kicked off YouTube again. Have a great day. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It was dirty money we talked about that got kicked off of YouTube. <laughs> uh, RMD, uh, um, market timing. Basically, you're talking about market timing. Um, I, I Personally, because of what I know, I know that markets go up generally more than they go down, but I know they go down at times. I just don't know when. I'd rather play the the better odds and the better odds are you let that RMD ride tax deferred, letting it grow tax deferred until the last moment, the last moment you can do it. So yeah, I'd let it ride. You're trying to time the market doing anything else. It's like, eh, well, the market's been high lately. Maybe I should take it out. Now, could I be wrong? Yeah. Cause I don't know how to market time, but neither do you. So I'd let it ride. That's just my general rule. I'm going to let it ride because most of the time, that's going to be the correct answer. 855-935-TALK. Also, you can call questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com. Well, not really call them in. You can type them in or you can record them like this. Hi, Don and Tom. I've really been enjoying your podcast and um, learning so much from it. I have a question about um, taking money from your required minimum distribution so my husband is retired and he uh, does have minimum distributions. I, I continue to work and we don't actually need that money right now, but we're having a discussion about which is the best way to take that money out. My thought is that it's best to take it out sort of in the same way that you put it in using dollar cost averaging. So taking it out every uh, month or every two weeks or something of that nature. Whereas he says that it's best to leave it in to let it grow all year and then take it out at the very uh, end of the year. So just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Thank you. We're on a theme. And you know what I'm going to say now, don't you? Because you heard my previous answer. Yeah. You dollar cost average in for one reason and one reason only, because we make money in a dollar cost averaging way. So you put the money in when it's there and then you're buying in steadily. 
But again, the reality has been in the past that the markets, stock markets, have gone up more than they have gone down. And so the odds are good that you're going to be getting out in a good one than a bad one, but you could be getting out in a bad one. You can't know. Everybody wants to know things you can't know. And uh, so I'm going to play the odds. I'm going to play the good odds that I'm going to do better if I let it ride tax-deferred for as long as possible because I don't want to lose 25% of my money right off the bat that was earning money for me over the course of that year. So, no, I would let it ride. Again, the phone number is 855-935-TALK. Let's do one more recorded question. Hey, Tom and Don, this is Matt from Utah. Hey, I just wanted to thank you guys. I started my own podcast back in the fall called Simple Money, Simple Life. And it was inspired partly by you guys. I really, really love your show and I've learned a lot from you. And I wanted to teach these same principles to an audience. And I think a lot of my audience are younger folks in their 20s and 30s, and it's been wonderful educating them on index investing and all the wonderful things you guys teach. So I just wanted to call and thank you. I don't really have a question, uh, just more of a thank you and express my gratitude to you guys. Keep up the great work. Okay, so not a question, a plug, but that's okay. In this case, hey, he's an advocate. He's going to educate people. And if you're actually educating younger people, since I plugged your new podcast on the show, um, please tell them to stop getting involved in stupid stuff like cryptocurrencies and other things. Oh, we're going to do one tomorrow. I hope we do this topic. I'm not sure, but if not, I'm going to do it later on some uh, idiots out there preaching the gospel of options trading on some of these new social platforms. Oh, oh, please. Yeah. Do what needs to be done with the younger listeners. I know our audience skews older. I wish it skewed younger because the advice is even better for those who are younger, because if you do the things we talk about when you're young, you're going to be rich when you're old. You will. You're going to be rich when you're old. But the problem is we do stupid stuff when we're young. We buy cryptocurrencies, we trade stocks and options, and then we lose all this money and then we go, well, why didn't I get rich? Because you were young and foolish. I was too once. I did stupid stuff. I traded options. I traded stocks. And I never ended up ahead until I started buying index funds, properly diversified. So good luck with your podcast. Thank you all for being a part of this edition of Talking Real Money. If you need some serious help with your money, like more than we can provide in the few minutes we have when you call in at 855-935-TALK, go to vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, and just scroll down, and you'll find a portion of the page where you can set up an appointment with an advisor. Do it. I can promise you, you're not going to get a high-pressure sales pitch. We don't believe in that. You will get honest fiduciary help. Uh, we will not manage your money for free for your life, but we will help you on a particular subject or topic or getting started. Uh, they're not going to harass you. There's no cost, no obligation. Set one up, talk to somebody for 15, 30 minutes, an hour even, 
and we'll provide as much help as we can. Why do we do this? Because we know something. We've learned this over the many years we've been doing this. If we help everybody, everybody, those whom we help tell others who need help. And many of those others who need help will never be successful do-it-yourselfers. They're going to need an advisor, and it works out. We make a living. We can keep doing this. The world keeps spinning on its capitalist axis. All is good. On its honest capitalist axis. Yeah. Capitalism isn't bad. It's just dishonest capitalism that's bad, folks. I like capitalism. I just hate liar capitalism. And a lot of capitalists defend it as, well, if you're stupid enough to fall for it. Well, when it comes to money, it's easy to fall for it. And we don't want you to. We're trying to keep you from falling for it. So tell a friend or two or ten. If you get a chance, sign up over at Apple Podcasts and leave a review there. We really appreciate those. And um, keep listening to the podcast because we'll keep doing it. I'm Don McDonald, sitting around talking real money. Talking real money. That the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?